today. God bless all the dads in the house. I'm glad to be a dad. Glad to have my dad in the house today. God is good. Amen. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Happy Father's Day. I know, Pastor John, I know what you're looking for. You say, where's my gift at? (laughs) I read that hand motion there, you know. But uh, uh, we so appreciate all of you. And uh, thank God for for a house full of fathers. D2L and Jumpstart, you can go ahead and be dismissed. Uh, But let me comment and uh, just piggyback on to something that Ed had talked about earlier in the announcements the opportunity for us to uh, be able to partner with our D2L students and send them to a camp that's going to be more than zip lines and jumping in the pool, even though that stuff is included. But the idea of uh, uh, a week of the Word and the Spirit of God, that is something absolutely worth investing in. So I just wanted to piggyback on that and encourage you to do that. And, uh, and, and uh, believe that we're going to have some amazing results as, a, uh, as we sow into our young people that we're going to go ahead and, and see a great harvest right there as well. Also, I want to make mention that uh, uh, tomorrow is Juneteenth. And we thank God. Thank God for freedom. In the true sense of the word. Because God desires for all men to be free. Not just on the inside, but on the outside too. And looking back at the Emancipation Proclamation. And a day where it actually uh, took several years for it to catch up. And as you read the uh, history of the day, uh, we're just so, so grateful and thankful to God. You know what, if you can look back and see things that the nation got wrong, then we can also look back and celebrate things we got right. And thank God our prayer is that we get more and more right because it is so important to get things right and especially things that have to do with the way God sees people. You mess with people, you mess with God. You mess with his kids, you mess with Big Daddy, you know what I'm saying? And so what a blessing it is for us to be able to go ahead and honor the Lord and honor freedom and honor those who, who, who did what needed to be due to set people free and to honor those who have been set free. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Also, what a joy today when, when we get to have some of the people that we support on a monthly basis in the house, it's always a blessing. And today, all the way from the beautiful island of Brava in Cape Verde, we have our brother Eureka Rosalomba in the house. Eureka, would you stand up today? God bless you, my brother. So good to have you in the house today. Grace and peace to you. Him and his wife pastor a, a, a church out there. Uh, and and uh, I got to tell you, uh, just looking at the, the pictures of what's happening, the, the amount of the, the kids that are coming, and, and, and uh, when you have a whole lot of kids in the house, what a blessing it is to be able to touch and reach the next generation. 
and, and, and to be able to, to know for sure that Holy Ghost fire and the word of God is going to be a staple in Bravo for years to come because of investing in the children there and, and, and also the current generation as well. Uh, pictures of a baptism there are just amazing. And besides the fact that it's a naturally beautiful spot where you do those baptisms, but, but to see people that are making a confession for uh, the, their confession of faith in the Lord Jesus and just hopping in with both feet literally into the things of God, that's a beautiful thing. So my brother, a joy to have you in the house today. And we pray for the success of the work of God to continue there. Amen. Well, why don't you go ahead and uh, look at a few verses of scripture with me. And then I'll tell you what we're going to talk about today. You ready for this? Ephesians 2 is going to be our first stop. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And it says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. It's interesting, that line there, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. But thank the Lord for those of you who are believers in the Lord Jesus, those of you who, who have left that old life behind and have embraced being a new creature in Christ. You're operating by a different spirit now. That, that old spirit that worked in the children of disobedience doesn't work in you now because now you're a child of obedience rather than a child of disobedience. Are you glad about that? And then let's go to Numbers 14, and I'm going to look at God's assessment of the 12 men who went in to spy out the promised land. So this is God's assessment of the 12 uh, uh, Israelite men that went into the promised land to check things out, and this is what he had to say. Because 10 of them came back and said, oh boy, ain't no chance we're going to be able to do this. Two came back and said, oh, we got this. Us and God, we got this. So what's God's assessment on things? And Numbers 14, starting with verse 21, he said, but truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness and have put me to the test now these ten times and have not heeded my voice, they certainly shall not see the land of which I swore to their fathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him, and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. So today, on Father's Day, and if you're not a father, you can still get a whole lot out of this word. If, you, uh, if you're a lady, you can get a whole lot out of this word. But I want to go ahead and really target the men today in the house and everybody else, all the ladies can get the, the, the splash over because this is good stuff. You know, the principles of the word of God apply to everybody. But right now we got a target on the men today. Come on. And I want to talk about being men of a different spirit. 
men of a different spirit. That's how God identified Caleb. And he was obviously not leaving Joshua out of that statement either when he said that they were men of a different spirit who had followed him fully. Now, first of all, I want you to see that uh, to be men of a different spirit, you got to be faith men. Someone say faith. Faith. And in the context of fatherhood, what a blessing to know that faith can be passed on. Are you glad about it? How many here today, and different people have different stories, and so we're not going to go ahead and highlight one person's story over another, but I do want to ask this question. How many of you today have faith in God today because your father, Pass on some faith to you. Now I got another question. How many of you have faith today because your mother passed on some faith to you? Now one thing I noticed, mom got more hands. And even Timothy in the scripture, Paul made this observation that he was walking in the genuine faith that he got from his grandmother, Lois, and his mother, Eunice. And Paul made the observation that the same faith that was in his grandmother and in his mother was in him also. And thank God for that. But I believe that God's stirring up men to go ahead and take the position of being spiritual leader in the house And don't leave work for your wife that God's calling on you to do. Because always remember when there was something wrong in the garden, God did not show up and say, Eve, where are you? Hey, he said, Adam, where are you? So all the Adams in the house, let's go ahead and stand up and be those who pass on our faith to our children and take spiritual initiative in our houses. Hallelujah. I mean, if, if something needs to be prayed about, you be the first person on your knees. Come on. So faith can be passed on. Also, faith can be followed. You know, the scripture talks about remembering those who uh, have the rule over you, who've spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow. Whose faith follow, then it says, remembering the outcome of their conduct. That's something Paul said uh, over in uh, uh, Hebrews 13, verse 7. And an interesting thing that I want to point out to you is that when you see somebody who's walking in faith, you can follow them. You can follow their example. You can go ahead and look at the outcome of their conduct, or in other words, their results. And when you see somebody who's getting results, you want to go ahead and walk the walk. They're walking, talk the talk. They're talking and say, if if you're going in this direction and you're getting good fruit and good results, then I want to go in this direction. I want to follow the example of your faith and I want to experience those same kind of results. Amen. Amen. So men of a different spirit are faith men passing on their faith. 
following the example of people who are walking in faith and also being the examples that others can follow too. But also one thing that you always got to emphasize when talking about faith is faith can be spoken. And since we're talking about the uh, being men of a different spirit, let's see what the Bible says about having the spirit of faith. 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 13 says this, and it says, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. This is called the spirit of faith, believing and speaking. And I got to tell you, the spirit of faith is so important for us to go ahead and uh, uh, make sure we're flowing in that spirit, make sure that we're abiding there and operating there. Uh, you, you know, uh, it, it is positive, but it's more than positivity. Someone can just be positive and that they can talk about the power of positive thinking. But I'm not talking about the power of positive thinking just for the sake of being positive and glass half full instead of half empty. No, I'm talking about being positive because if God said it's a yes and the rest of the universe said it's a no, then it's a yes. That's what the spirit of faith says. That's how the spirit of faith responds. As a matter of fact, I know my wife won't mind me sharing this story. Uh, early, early, early in our marriage, uh, uh, and you know, sometimes old habits are hard to break, but I noticed that that if we got something that was not the best of news, that, that uh, my wife would have a tendency to say, it figures. Anybody ever say that before? But one day, and you know, I, I was nice about it, just so y'all know, I was nice about it. But I, I blew my fake trumpet, and I said, I am making a declaration that in our house, we're not going to use the term it figures anymore. Because it figures, when it comes to something negative happens, means, yep, something negative happened just like I expected it to happen. That's basically the meaning of it. Or, yep, that's just the way it goes for me. I say, no, it doesn't figure when something negative happens. It doesn't figure when the bill comes in the mail. It figures when the check comes in the mail, not when the bill comes in the mail. And it just, for, for all of us, for her and I together, it was a, a paradigm shift at a moment where we declared together, no, it, 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 we're going to say it figures or no surprise about that. We're going to go ahead and say that when blessings are happening, when good things are happening, and not when the devil's trying to stir something up. Not when challenges and trials are coming. No, we're going to go ahead and say that when challenges and trials are overcome. It figures, got another victory. Hey! You see that? Why do I bring that up here? Because that is the spirit of faith. The spirit of faith is not looking for the next defeat to come and looking for the next shoe to drop. No, the spirit of faith says, I mean, if, there's, if every shoe in the world has dropped on you, you're still confident. You know, what? one of the best illustrations uh, of this never quit, never give up spirit of faith is the little drawing I saw uh, of the, the frog that, 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 that was in the mouth of a pelican. 
And the pelican was about to swallow that thing on down. But the frog, with his arms hanging out of his mouth, grabbed around the pelican's neck. You can't swallow me if I got you to your neck. I ain't going down. And the, the little caption underneath said, don't give up. Glory to God. That's the spirit of faith. Where even when it looks like the enemy's got you, you say, you might got me in, in your mouth right now, but you don't have any chance of swallowing me. Praise the Lord. Numbers 13, 30 and 31. Since we're talking about Joshua and Caleb as being men of a different spirit, let's look at what they did. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses, and this is in the context of what we're talking about. The spies went in to spy out the land, and they had two very different takes on there. Sounds like news channels today that have two very different takes on things. All right, moving right along. Uh, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, so he said something, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. But the man who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. Two totally polar opposite outlooks on the very, very same thing that they were facing. Come on now. But I'm going with the spirit of faith. I'm going with the spirit of faith. I'm going with the spirit that says, God said it's ours, and if God said it's ours, I don't care how big the dudes are that are over there and how walled the city are are that are over there, how big those walls are and how big those giants are. I don't care about any of that. If God said it's ours, then we can do it. That is the spirit of faith. And men of a different spirit will walk in that spirit, that spirit of faith, that attitude of if God said it, that's the bottom line. Hallelujah. Let's look at this. Numbers 14, also talking about this very same scenario that we're talking about. And it says, and they, referring to Joshua and Caleb, spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, what did they say? The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. Look out, they're talking smack now. Come on. For they are our bread, their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. So he's talking a little smack, talking some confidence. But he also says this, if the Lord delights in us. Well, what's that ring a bell? Why does that ring a bell to me? That sounds like Hebrews eleven six, That says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. So if the Lord delights in us means really if we believe. Because if we have faith in the word of the Lord... And if we act like the word is true and do what faith would do in this situation, then the Lord will delight in us because he delights in faith. Faith pleases him. Amen. 
So men of a different spirit, and all you ladies of a different spirit too, you can catch this too. First of all, be a person of faith. Now talking about having a different spirit, how about being not just a person of faith, but a person who is faithful? Hey. Another good word to describe faithful is the word trustworthy. You know, when, when you have an important project that needs to get done, yeah, you're definitely looking for somebody who's faithful. Because you know if you hand that over to somebody who's faithful, you know it's going to go ahead and get done. You pass that on to somebody who's, who, who's not faithful, uh, they'll come back to you with all the excuses of why it didn't get done or why it couldn't get done. And that's the last thing you want to hear at that moment. Faithfulness, so huge. Trustworthiness. 2 Timothy 2, verse 2, a very important verse along these lines. Paul speaking to Timothy, he said, In the things that you've heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. The things that you heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, commit those things to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So you really see four generations there. You see Paul, who told something to Timothy, and Timothy was supposed to tell it to faithful men, and those faithful men would be go out and tell others also. So there's four generations there. But he didn't tell Timothy to go look for the guys with the greatest ability. Why? Because not every able man is a faithful man. But God will personally see to it that a faithful man will be an able man. So he did not say, look for an able man who will be faithful. No, he said, look for a faithful man who will be able. You entrust that to them, you're in good shape. Come on. One thing about faithful men is faithful men are rare. Proverbs 20 verse 6 says, Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? But I want to tell Faith Christian Center today, change the trend. Change the trend. May faithful men be easy to find in this house. May faithful men not be rare in this place. Glory to God. May we be people who are trustworthy when God gives you an assignment, you get it done. When you commit to something, you get it done because you have integrity. Integrity, integrity, integrity. How big is that? That when you say you're going to do something, you do it, you do it the way you said you're going to do it. Oh, I tell you, when you have a good reputation, glory to God, a reputation of being a, a faithful person, a trustworthy person, one who gets the job done according to plan, according to uh, instructions given, oh, that goes a long way. As a matter of fact, the Bible makes it clear that faithful men are rewarded. 
Proverbs 28 verse 20 says that a faithful man will abound with blessings. A faithful man but will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. It's interesting how a faithful man may not be as much of a flash in the pan as some other people are. He, he may be more the, the slow cooker, the crock pot, <laughs> than, than the zap something and heat it up real quick. Of course, you know, you zap something in the microwave, you know, it doesn't always come out tasting so good, you know. Sometimes that meat is rubbery. But when it's been slow cooking in the crock pot all day long and the meat falls off the bones. Oh, come on. Someone's saying, are we dismissed yet? Praise the Lord. All right. But I got to tell you that there's something about faithfulness that it doesn't just shoot up overnight. But glory to God, the end result is amazing. The end result, uh, the end result abounds with blessings. And it's talking about it, interesting enough, in the context of not hastening to be rich. It's interesting. The Bible talks about riches in two different ways. You know, uh, uh, the, the Bible says in Proverbs elsewhere that uh, the, the blessings of the Lord will make rich and add no sorrow with it. But then Paul said to Timothy in another location, in uh, 1 Timothy, uh, that uh, uh, the love of money is the root of all evil. And some people having gone after that have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And, you know, I'm thinking of it almost in terms of, uh, you know, the, the waiter or the waitress, the server at the restaurant who said, how would you like your riches, with or without the sorrows? <laughs> and my answer, and the wise answer of any wise person in the house would say, I'll take mine without the sorrow. Now that way, you don't get as quick. But glory to God, when you get it, you still got a wife, you still got a family, you still got your reputation. Yeah, you might have been in the slow cooker but glory to God, what a much more happy ending you got than the guy who went after the love of money. And he's got, and now he's got money, but he's got a boatload of sorrows because he didn't do it God's way. Oh, that was for somebody. Hallelujah. Take that and run with it. And how important is faithfulness anyway? I mean, you know it's important because when the bottom line of everything is, is done and settled, when we stand before him, what do we want to hear? Matthew 25, 23, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. See, faithfulness will reward you both in this life and the next. And I got to tell you, if there's words you want to hear, these are the words. Come on now. If there's words that you want to hear at the end of this life, at the end of running this race, those are the words you want to hear. But in order for God to call you faithful, be faithful. And now's the opportunity 
to be men of faith and men who are faithful. Hallelujah. Well, let's talk about men of a different spirit a little further. Men of a different spirit should be family men. Oh, yeah. Family men, men of a different spirit uh, in this context, uh, we, we can kind of combine that faithful concept with this family man concept and say they should be faithful to their wives. Can we talk about that in church? We are right now. <laughs> hey. Proverbs 5. Oh, Lord. You going to read that in church, Pastor Ray? I absolutely am. Proverbs 5. Men of God, men of a different spirit should be faithful to their wives. Proverbs 5, 15 to 19. Drink water from your own cistern. And running water from your own well. Am I emphasizing certain words? Uh, Y'all pray for me today. Should your fountains be dispersed abroad? Streams of waters in the streets? Let them be only your own and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of your youth as a loving deer and as a graceful doe. Let her breast satisfy you at all times and always be enraptured with her love. Praise the Lord. Now, can we unpack a few things here? You see that emphasis from your own, from your own. Only your own, not for strangers. God's being very intentional with his wording. Because you, as a man of God, should get your bread buttered in one location only. Praise the Lord. A man of God should not be here, there, and everywhere. With Mary and Sue and Jamie and Shaniqua. A man of God should be home with his wife and only with his wife and with nobody else but his wife. And anybody that would say, but Pastor Ray, you don't understand the way I'm wired. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. See, I'm wired in a special way where I need more than one woman to keep me satisfied. Well, to that man, I would say, you need to get into the Word so you can get rewired. Get rewired. Because when you're wired according to the Word, the Bible says that that one woman, the wife of your youth, can satisfy you and you don't need anywhere else for satisfaction except right there at home. Praise the Lord somebody. Family men. You know, Ephesians 5 says that husbands should love their wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. It didn't say husbands change your wives. Oh, Lord, help me. It doesn't say, husbands, complain about your wives. 
says, husbands, love your wives. Now, why would it say something like that? Because God's smart, let me tell you. God's not likely to be interested in hearing about your concerns about your wife when you haven't started just very simply doing this and loving her first. God's really not interested in hearing all the, your list of this and that, this and that. God's first question, have you been loving her? Can I tell you something? Two things. First of all, if you just simply love your wife, you might get to the point where you say, where's that list at? What were those things I thought needed to be fixed? Those things might not even be an issue anymore. Or a second scenario is if there are some things that still need to be dealt with, you could actually put yourself in the position that Jesus described where you finally got the beam out of your own eye so you could help somebody get the little speck out of their eye. And, and it's amazing how we are pros at fixing people and especially fixing our spouse. But it doesn't say husbands change your wives. Y'all should have had that figured out anyway. <laughs> Does it say husbands fix your wives? Does it, does it say husbands fuss about your wives? It says husbands love your wives. Colossians 3 says it like this. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter. Do not be bitter toward them. Amen. Very important thing for a family man. A family man is faithful to his wife, loves his wife, is committed to his wife. And a faithful man is also faithful to his children. You know, I love the words that God used to describe Abraham in Genesis 18, 19. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. Isn't that great? That God had confidence in this man that he was going to go ahead and not have the faith of Abraham sought with Abraham. But he was going to have the faith of Abraham continue through generations to come. And that he would command his children and his household after him. You know, I have this little rhyme that I've used with my daughter from time to time. And it goes like this. Listen to your dad and you'll be wise. But if you don't, you'll be otherwise. All right now, praise the Lord. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7. These words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. How important it is to plant the word of God into your children. Staples of truth. So that there is no wondering and questioning 
about things. When, when, when you are rooted and grounded in truth, when your children are rooted and grounded in truth, that, that serves as an anchor for them for the time to come. That when something other than truth tries to come their way, <laughs> they can stand solid and strong and not be uh, thrown off course because they're rooted and grounded in truth. They're rooted and grounded in the word of God because their father took the time to make sure that was in them. They talked about it. They didn't talk about it every now and then. No, it was a regular thing. In our house, this is what we do. In our house, this is who we serve. In our house, and you point to your Bible, you point to your Bible with you version open on it, and you say, we follow this. And uh, how important is that? Well, you see, you've heard the term uh, adjunct professor before. You've heard that term? Well, there's a whole lot of what I call adjunct professors. And why is it so important for you to be rooted and grounded in truth and for your children to be rooted and grounded in truth? Because there's going to be some people out there down the road that are going to want to add some junk. They're going to want to add junk about uh, uh, things that don't just defy the word of God. They're going to just add junk about things that defy common sense. But when your children are rooted and grounded in the truth, when they come into contact with the adjunct professor, they're not going to be swayed and they're not going to be moved because they already have a strong, solid foundation inside of them. Joshua 24, 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you serve whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Glory to God forever. How important is this? How important is it for men of a different spirit to utter this and to make this statement and to make it boldly and to stick to it, not just say something, but it needs to have teeth to it. You know what I'm saying? Why is that so important? Because you can't lead where you're not going. You cannot lead where you're not going. You know, it's interesting, and of course, we have the, the practice here of having uh, children dedicated to the Lord. Uh, uh, you, you know, uh, when, when, and when that happens... Uh, you, you know, we, we've got the, the child here, but really the, the, the child is really not the one making the commitment that day. Even though we call it a child dedication, it's not really the child who's dedicating himself to the Lord that day. You know who's dedicating himself to the Lord that day is daddy and mama. Because if you have dedicated parents, then you have a dedicated child. But you see, if we've got people that aren't serving God and they want to come and go through the ceremony of that, you know what it means? Absolutely nothing. You know why? 
Because you can go through a ceremony and other words, but if there's nothing behind those words, if there's no dedication and commitment beyond those words, all it is is a ceremony with no meaning behind it, and that doesn't do your child any good. So though we call it a child dedication, and there's nothing wrong with that, but the reality of what needs to be going on at that moment is that it's a parent dedication. Glory to God. Parents saying together, as for us and as for our household, we are absolutely positively serving the Lord. Amen. So men of a different spirit are faith men. They're faithful men. They're family men, but they also need to be foresighted men. Something about having foresight. Proverbs 22 says this, verse 3, a prudent man foresees evil and hides himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. Something about having foresight, the ability to be able to look ahead and with some spiritual discernment, read things that are ahead. With some spiritual discernment, have sensitivity to the leading of the Lord, recognizing the green lights and the red lights. And when you got spiritual foresight, you don't run the red lights. Praise the Lord. There's also the aspect of just being prepared and planning ahead of time. Jesus talked about which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost to see if you got enough to finish the building. Something about having foresight where you prepare ahead of time. You don't just make unsafe assumptions, but you actually prepare and make sure that you've got what you need to get the job done. And this is not just something that you do in the spiritual. This is also something you do in the natural. A good natural idea of that is the example of the ant over in Proverbs 6, who's a good example of us having foresight. Proverbs 6, verse 6, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Now, you know the ants got to be doing a good job at this because they come back every year, right? They ain't died out. They're not freezing in the winter. Wherever they go, you see they're all carrying something. I mean, you see ants carrying things that look twice the size of their own body. Isn't that amazing? But what they're doing, they're preparing. They're providing supply in summertime. They're doing what needs to be done when it's available so that when it's not available and accessible, they've got storage. As a matter of fact, let me put it to you like this. The founding pastor of Faith Christian Center used to have a series that he preached called Pouring Cement in the Storm. Not a good idea to do. And the reason why he named it that, it was the idea of not waiting until it's stormy weather or a bad situation. Oh, I need to get in the word now. Yeah, I need to pray now. Things are tough. 
No, the whole concept of the message, you get in the word when the sun's shining. You pray when the sun's shining. You're building a solid foundation when the sun's shining. A habit of being a doer of the word when the sun is shining. So that when it rains and it pours, you're not trying to scramble then. No, you've already got the habit of the word, of prayer, of being a doer of that word that you're in every day. And therefore, glory to God, you're exercising good spiritual foresight. And rather than trying to scramble and pour cement in the storm, the cement's already been poured out, already been dried in the sun, so that you're you're not going to get swept away by the storms and the wind and the rain. Hallelujah. And just always remember the the basic lesson that is so clear and obvious in... uh, uh, Jesus' parable about the five wise virgins and the five foolish virgins. Verse 3 of Matthew 25. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Foresight. Glory to God. Foresight, naturally speaking and spiritually speaking. Are you with me on that? Amen. So let's see. Men of a different spirit. Faith men. Faithful men. Family men. Men who have foresight. But there are also men who fully follow the Lord. And when you're calling yourself a follower of Jesus, you can't just say, I'm a, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus. Sometimes. I'm a follower of Jesus. If I like what he says. Come on now. I know I mess with somebody. Hey, I feel it. But no, when you're fully following him, You don't have me, myself, and I taking a vote on things. No, you just say, if he said it, that's it. We're doing it. Numbers 14. Right back to where we started. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully. I'll bring him into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. And it's interesting how this idea of following God fully is not just mentioned there, but it's mentioned frequently anywhere else this scenario is brought up. Later on in the book of Numbers, God said, Surely none of the men who came up from Egypt 20 years and older shall see the land Because they have not wholly followed me. Except, guess who? Caleb and Joshua. For they have wholly or totally, fully followed the Lord. And just in case you think that was it. Deuteronomy 1, 35, 36. 
Surely not one of these men of this evil generation shall see that good land of which I swore to give to your fathers, except Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. He shall see it. And to him and his children, I am giving the land on which he walked because he wholly followed the Lord. Later on in the book of Joshua, it says Joshua blessed him, that being Caleb, and gave to him Hebron for an inheritance. And why? It says once again, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. So let's talk about this idea of fully or wholly following the Lord. What was it that Joshua and Caleb did that we can go ahead and catch on to today to be full followers of the Lord? First of all, they acknowledged that what God spoke was 100% accurate and they conducted themselves accordingly. They acknowledged that what God spoke was 100% accurate and they conducted themselves accordingly. Another thing that you see, which is biggie, they did not cave in to the pressure from the other 10 spies or the other people in the congregation of Israel. Did not cave in to the pressure from the other 10 spies or the other people there in the congregation. And also this, not this is huge. They considered any disagreeing with God or varying from his instructions as rebellion. Remember that line we read earlier where they said, only rebel not against the Lord? They were saying to the people that if you are not going along with the Lord and what he said and doing it like the way he said to do it, what you're doing is actual rebellion against him. But because of these things being uh, deeply founded and rooted in their lives, Joshua and Caleb were consistently and for years afterward referred to as those who fully, wholly, completely followed the Lord. We're going to close this with this verse today, Luke 9, uh, series of verses here. We'll read them together. Now it happened as they journeyed on the road, verse 57, we're certain, as they journeyed on the road that someone said to him, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to him, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So, to be a full follower of the Lord, that means that when you're in, you're in. 
And when you're in, you're just looking forward and looking ahead and no more looking back. Full followers of the Lord. Because men of a different spirit, they're men of faith, they're faithful men, they're family men, they're men with foresight, and they're men who fully follow the Lord. Can I have all the men in the house stand up today? We're going to serenade the ladies today. You all right with that? I am serious. We're going to serenade the ladies. We're going to sing something together. And if you don't know it, you can learn it fast because it's easy. But we're going to sing. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. One more time. Come on. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. All right, I want you to say this with me, guys. Come on. I am a man of faith. I'm a faithful man. I'm a family man. I'm a foresighted man. I'm a man who fully follows the Lord. I'm a man of a different spirit. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go ahead and take your seat. Hallelujah. By the way, anybody watching via live stream, I trust there's some men out there that have made that same commitment today to go ahead and be a man of a different spirit. But always remember, step one to doing that, step one to leaving behind that, that, that uh, spirit of the world that, that just takes you down the wrong road and looks to keep you on the wrong road is just to acknowledge the Lord Jesus as Savior and Lord and to make the commitment to follow him. The very word repentance means make a U-turn. You're going one direction, whoop, turn, and you go the other direction. And so for anybody watching my live stream and you've realized that and you've made a commitment to the Lord today, please reach out to us and let us know. Anybody in the house that realizes today, you know what? I can't go another day without getting my business straight with the Lord. I realize what I need to do and that I need to do it today. Come down and talk to us today. We'll have uh, our, our pastors close by. We'll have other people available here to pray. And I'm going to go ahead and specifically ask that, that you're standing here in the front. 
where if there's anybody coming to see you, they can easily identify you, all right? Because we don't want you to miss the opportunity today to go ahead and experience God's very, very best for your life and a change in your life that does, does not just give you a thrill for the day, but keeps you long-lasting for the future. Glory to God. Change that doesn't just give you a thrill for the moment, but something that people will be able to witness and behold and observe in your life for days, weeks, months, years, and a lifetime to come. Amen.